This call may be recorded or transcribed.
Good morning, Declare Victory. Happy favor, happy favored, happy favorable Friday. Good morning. It's Deborah Evans. Good morning. Happy favor Friday. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning, family. Happy favor, favor, favorable Friday. Who's doing Hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, girl. Ain't it just good to have breath? Hallelujah. Yes, it does. You will dare not wake up and rejoice and thank God for it. Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Friday. Good, good morning. Happy Friday to you, too. Have a wonderful and blessed day. You, too. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. Good morning, family. It's a good day to rejoice. It's a good day to give the Lord the praise that is due unto him, for he is worthy and worthy to be praised. Who's joined the call this morning? Good morning, Mrs. Mary. Good morning, Miss Mary. Good morning. Have a great day. You too. God bless. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You better tell the people they don't know. Hey, Moxie, happy Friday. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. <laughs> Yvonne going to make me take a lap. Down with the girl. <laughs> oh, girl. girl. Hey, y'all. I was, I was already right here cocking my legs like, oh, girl. Oh, girl. Oh, she will let nothing stop her praise. She know what she know. And we better get that same faith and declare, hey, for he is good. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Pastor Girl. Good hey, morning, Pastor Girl. Hey, Brother Mike, I'm sorry, y'all. I'll be blessed. Okay, how down I am. God has blessed me to wake up to this beautiful, excited spirit when I'll be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Like, what is I'm, what is I'm down for? And she always reminds me, talk to God. Yes, he is the lifter of our head. Hallelujah. (laughs) Who else has joined the call and would like to say good morning? Happy Friday. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning. This is Tenacious T, and I tied in a friend of mine named William, and we're both here ready to praise the Lord with you and hear a good word about transformation. Well, good morning. Welcome. Welcome. And thank you for inviting me, Tracy. Good morning, everyone. God bless everyone. God bless you as well. Have a great, great, awesome day in the Lord. Thank you so much. You do the same. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Who's joined the call? And would like to give God all the victory and honor that is due. I don't know about anybody else, but I thank God it's Friday. It might not mean something to people that work on the weekend. But guess what? We work every day. But we're going to thank God for this Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to thank him because he is good and his mercy endures forever. Happy Favorite Friday. Who's joined the call? Good morning, Mrs. Mary. Good morning. 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 Good morning
Good morning, Sister Lisa. Happy Friday. God bless everyone on the call. Hey, hey. Good morning. God bless you as well, Sister Lisa. Have a great day. You too. Has anyone else joined the call before we get started and would like to say good morning? Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. It's Krishanda. I'm not sure who that was that says good morning at the same time. God bless everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Krishana. That was Christina. Joy, joy, joy. There's down the end. My heart. I can't sing, but I can. (laughs) All right. If there's no one else that would like to say good morning, we'll go ahead and get started. I ask that we all just check our phones and go ahead and place them on mute. Good morning again. My name is Rochelle, and I'll stand in, fit in place myself in, I will serve wherever there's a, a opportunity to come because I'm going to work while it's day because when night comes, no man can work. Good morning. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Be sure to join us for the month of July, where our monthly theme is entitled Transformation. Go ahead and check your phone and place it on mute, please. All our declarations will focus on transformation and being transformed by the Holy Spirit as we yield to the will and plan of God in order to fulfill his purpose for our lives. There is one announcement tonight. There's no Friday Night Live tonight. It will resume on next Friday. Um, Let me check the app for prayer and corporate mini prayer requests. There are no prayer requests by the app. We'll continue to lift up um, Patrick Foster. We'll continue to lift up one another. We'll continue... Well, we'll lift up um, Pastor Durrell on today, our family members. We're going to lift up um, Ariana, which is Dee Dee's daughter, my niece, um, for Traveling Mercies and Grace today. The order of the call, um, Pastor Durrell, we're going to change it just a little bit to today. Pastor Durrell will go ahead and pray and declare, and then we'll go into love, life, and victory, and then we'll close out the call today with corporate prayer. Again, I'll repeat the order of the call. Pastor Durrell will pray. He will share the declaration. We will do love, life, and victory, and then we'll close out with corporate prayer today. The scripture for today is John chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. I now pass the call to Pastor Durrell. Please check your phones and listen to the word of God. Have a good day, everyone. Hey, man. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. I pray that you all are well. I thank you all so much for your flexibility, Rochelle, as always. Thank you for your servanthood, for your example of what it really means to be a kingdom steward and a kingdom soldier as well, too. Again, I thank each and every last one of you all, my sister, my partner in crime, so to speak, spiritual crime, Miss Dion Jackson. We'll thank you so much for yielding this platform and opportunity. Grateful for all the declarers that have come before that has just absolutely ignited all of our lives in this month as they always do. Amen. So 
I'm going to pray, and then I want to get into the word again. Unfortunately, I do have a hard stop on today. Again, thank you for your flexibility. Continue, if you will, pray, be in my family's strength in the Lord as well. Father, I thank you right now that as we come forth on this morning, we glorify you. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you for who you are, Lord God, and who you are calling us to be. God, I thank you for this metamorphosis, Lord God, that you are doing in each and every last one of our lives, that you are not only changing us from the outside, but you're changing, you're morphing us, you're transforming us from the inside out. God, I thank you, Lord God, that as we prepare to receive your word on today, Lord God, I pray that your word comes with power, understanding, Lord God, application, Father, and I thank you that it is clear that it will meet each and every last one of us right where we are. Whatever the need is on this morning, for whomever is on the line, Father, I know that not only will you meet it, but you are a God of exceeding, a God of overflow, a God of more than enough. And I thank you, God, for what you're going to do on this day. And Lord, I pray that as we render your word, no man ever be glorified. But it's you who receive all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, Lord God. Father, lift up Pastor Four Foster. We lift up Ariana, Lord God, that you continue, Lord God, to cover them in all their endeavors and all their travels and all that they do. And Lord, we'll be so grateful to give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And Senior Darling, Matchless Son, Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen. With my brothers and sisters, truly, it is a blessing. Again, as always, I come humble, Lord God, just being able to share and be able to kind of say what God is wrestling with me a bit as well. And on this morning, is, and we are in transformation, it took a little bit of a different turn for me this morning, and I'm going to be obedient to align on the transformation on this morning as well. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to come out of the book of Titus. The book of Titus, the second chapter, focusing in on verse number 11. That is, again, the book of Titus, the second chapter, verse number 11. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bible version. The word of God reads as follows. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Again, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all men. Now, it may be very simple, and many of you may have already understood this. God had to deal with me in this area on this week. But does anybody know how to rightly define what grace is? For, for the word of God says, for, God, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. So that raises the question, how do we then define what grace is? You see, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is all about all that God is now free to do that cannot be earned, is never deserved, and could never be repaid. Yet, grace is the expression of God's goodness. Now, but in order to experience the grace that has been provided. We all then must understand how then do we grow in grace? That is, when I talk about grow in grace, how do we grow in the understanding of it as well as in our experience with it? How do you really know, my brothers and sisters, Pastor B, how do you know if you're really growing in grace. Well, understand on this morning that the way you and I know that we're growing is grace. Whenever you are changing or transforming. We know we're growing in grace whenever we're changing or transforming. Because if you're not changing, If you are not transforming, then realize you are not growing. So on this morning, I simply want to talk just for a few moments about 
what it really means about being transformed by grace. Now, I want you to understand that grace on this morning is not merely a theory. It's not merely a theology, but what grace is, is an environment. You see, grace is an environment. It is an atmosphere in which the believer has been called to live in order to partake of and or benefit from an experience, which, again, is the unmerited favor of God. And realize when you get inside of this environment and decide not to dip in and out of it, but you remain focused to operate within it, that the changes in your life that maybe you desire or maybe you need and you're pressing God that needs to occur, realize when you are operating in this grace, it will thus begin to occur in your life. It's simply because people do not grow in their understanding of grace or even in their execution of grace whenever, watch this, they do not accept experience the transforming power of grace in their lives. Even if you have the most sincere desire to change, unless you are experiencing, we serve an experiential God, the transforming power of grace. So that's what we find the Apostle Paul who says in the book of Titus, the second chapter, verse number 11, where it reads, for the grace of God has, watch this word, appeared, bringing salvation to all men. Now, earlier we said that grace is not merely a theory or a theology, but watch this. Grace is really a person. Yes. That's why when you look in Titus chapter 2, verse number 11, you find the word appears that it shows up. Because grace is not a theology, it's not a theory, but grace is an actual person. But what's interesting is we'll find this same word appears show up again in Titus 2, verse number 13. Let's take a look at Titus, the second chapter, verse number 13. For the word of God says, looking for the blessed hope and the, watch this, up appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. But then the Apostle Paul takes an interesting turn when it comes to verse number 12. In the same chapter of Titus 2 and 12, verse number 12, it reads, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So We've already identified that, again, according to Titus 2.13, that the word grace, or whenever grace shows up, that grace is a person, for it is the appearing of the glory of the great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. But he goes on to say in verse number 12 that grace, that the grace of God, it instructs us, it somehow teaches us, and it also trains us. But now that raises another question on this morning is that what does the grace of God exactly teach or train us in? Well, if we look back at Titus, second chapter, verse number 12, the word of God says what the grace of God exactly teach or train us is to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So what that means on this morning is that according to the word of God, that whenever you and I began to really understand and embrace grace, that that's the point where we will begin to grow in righteousness and we will begin to shrink in sin we will see that spirit man in righteousness and will starve and shrink that man in sin. Because the word of God says that the grace of God, that not only will it begin to teach us, it will deny us the ungodly and worldly desires of a sensibly, righteously, 
and godly in this present age, but it says the grace of God would teach us how to say no to wrong and yes to right. It will teach us to say yes to the will of God and no to the will of this world. Because if you and I are growing in grace, then realize the moment you begin the process of growing in grace, then you're beginning the process of changing or transforming. But what though, Pastor Belcher, what is this change or this transformation that is taking place in our lives whenever we begin to enter into this process of growing in grace? Well, the change or the transformation that is taking place in you and I is that we are increasing our ability to use our yes and to use our no in the right places. Let me say that again. When we are growing in grace, the change or the transformation that is taking place internally inside of us is we are increasing ability to use our yes and to use our no in the right places. Because many of us, we're using our yes and we're using our no's in the wrong places. Because whenever you're not growing in grace, that's when ungodliness and worldly desires will get to instruct you. And now you're using your yes and your no in the wrong places. So now that further raises a question on this morning is that since we are submitting ourselves into this transformation by growing in grace and we're now brushing off the ungodliness of the worldly desires, then the question is, what does godliness really mean then? If we're being transformed into this growing in grace into godliness, what does godliness really mean? Well, godliness, my brothers and sisters, means a lifestyle that consistently reflects the character of God. Let me say that again. Godliness is not a religion. <laughs> godliness is not legalistic. But godliness means a lifestyle that consistently reflects the character of God. Now, understand it's at this point where there's a lot of misunderstanding about the meaning or the intentionality of the word grace. Because any definition of grace that defines grace as covering sin is a false definition of grace. Because grace does not just cover sin. That's why the Apostle Paul already knew that people will use this word grace and then abuse it and take it out of context. Because even though grace, which is the unmerited favor of God, that some might get the impression that God doesn't care how I live, all because I'm saved. I can do whatever I want to do, and I can lean on my grace card to save me. I can say whatever I want to say. I can act the way I want to act because the grace of God used out of context will cover me, that we get the impression that God does not care how we live because we are saved. That's why the Apostle Paul says in Romans 6, 1 and 2, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Verse 2, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? So shall we just sin because we know that God is a forgiving God? Paul says that, my brothers and sisters, is not the right definition of grace. He says the right definition of grace is that I'm in the process or becoming more righteous and less sinful. I'm in the process of living out the character of God in my walk, in my talk, not being perfect, but I'm in the process of becoming more righteous 
and less sinful. But let me show you. Let me show you on this morning how powerful the word of God really is. If you have your Bibles, if you look in Romans 5, the fifth chapter, verse number 20 through 21. Again, that is Romans, the fifth chapter, verse number 20 through 21. The word of God, it reads, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, watch this, grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life. Again, grace is a person through Jesus Christ our Lord. The reason why whenever you grow in grace, that growing in grace will override, overrule the sins in our lives because Romans 5, 20, 21 says that grace is greater than sin. So what that means on this morning, Declare Victory, is that grace is more powerful than any drug addiction. That grace is more powerful than any cancer or any disease. That grace is more powerful than alcoholism. It's more powerful than immorality. That grace is more powerful than pride. That grace is more powerful than that uncontrolled anger. And understand that grace is more powerful than any form of selfishness that tries to erect in our lives. Because the word of God says that whatever the sin, whatever it might be, Grace can overcome it. Now, another thing we should also understand is that all the grace you and I will ever need, we already have. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the grace that you and I will ever need for this lifetime, understand, we already have it. So what I want you to realize is that you don't get more grace in terms of its provision. But you get more grace in terms of your experience of the provision. You see, God has already provided it. Just like, for example, a baby who has everything it needs to become an adult. But the baby has to grow into adulthood in order to experience everything it has waiting for it when it was conceived. So now that raises yet another question on this morning. And that question is, how do I then begin the process of tapping into this powerful resource called grace? Let's look at Titus. Go back to Titus, the second chapter, verse number 13. Titus, the second chapter, verse number 13. The word of God says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. You see, the Apostle Paul is talking about grace. But then he tells us to look to a person. The reason why grace is a person and the Apostle Paul tells us to look to a person is because Jesus, the Christ, is the dispensary of grace. And his job is to pour it out over our lives. His job is to pour out grace, pour out God's unmerited favor, pour out God's anointing all over our lives. His job is to pour. So understand that Jesus is the delivery system of this grace as we look to him for it. But why is that important? In other words, Reason why that is important, watch this. What this means is that you no longer must have a sin focus. You no longer should have a focus on your problem. What this means is that, regardless of what you're going through, you must have a Jesus focus and not a sin focus. Now, yes, we have to deal with sin's reality in this world. I'm never going to deny that. I'm never going to say that, to deny what you really got going on, what you really feel it, because whatever it is, we certainly don't want to deny it because the reality is it's there. 
the reality is crime is there. The reality is sickness is there. Reality is sin is in our world. But realize that the problem can never help you fix the problem. You see, the problem can't fix the problem, even though the problem must be recognized and the problem must be identified. But only grace, which means looking to Jesus, not focusing on the problem, but fixing your eyes on Jesus, who is able to fix the problem that you desire, that you have an inkling to say no to, or the problem and the desire you need to yield to. Therefore, understand that your proximity to Jesus, who dispenses the grace that equips you to be able to overcome the unrighteousness that you might be battling, is that you must have a Christ-focused and a relationship that's stronger like never before. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's encouraging us by saying, looking to Jesus, because the sin can't help you fix the sin. But it's in your proximity to Jesus. I'm not talking about physical proximity. I'm talking about the depth of your relationship, your focus, your, your endearment to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people want to get rid of things in their lives and still are living so distant from our Lord and Savior Jesus that they don't see that grace is being dispensed in order for them to have the victory that they need. They don't see that Jesus is ready to dispense the grace that's already been assigned over your life. But we're so focused on the problem that we don't experience the victory that we need. Because understand, whenever the relationship, I didn't say religion, whenever the relationship to Jesus is in order, that's when grace is dispensed over our lives. So now what this means, declare victory, is that Jesus can't, can no longer be a visitor in your life. That Jesus can't just be a Sunday morning visitor in your life. No, what this means is that Jesus must consume your life. In other words, Jesus must be put into action in every aspect of your life. That's what the Bible calls this word abiding. That when your relationship with Jesus is no longer considered to be just a date, where you pick him up on Sunday morning and then you drop him off on Sunday afternoon and we repeat this cycle week over week. No! When you learn how to abide in the dispenser of grace, that's where you're looking to Jesus and he's involved in every aspect of your life. Let's go to Titus 5 and 14. We find in Titus 5, the fifth chapter, verse number 14, the Apostle Paul writes, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people who are zealous for good works. I hear you, Sister Rochelle. I hear you. That's why you're so on fire to do whatever is necessary for the kingdom of God. He says that the relationship, no matter what you're up against, the relationship will clean things up in your life that seems to be dirty. For example, many of you might already know this, and my wife on the line, she actually taught me this herself, that whenever your dishes are real dirty, what you should do is put your dishes in in hot water. And when you put your dishes in hot water, just let them hang out there together. No. Don't stick it in and take it back out, but let them just hang out there for a minute where the dirty plate is going to hang out with the hot water in the suds, and the only thing that the dirty plate, the hot water, and the suds are doing is hanging out. They're just spending time with each other. They're just in each other's company. But what I want you to realize is this. 
is that if you leave those dirty dishes in hot water and suds long enough, then when you pull that dirty dish out, you will be able to just slide the dirt off. It will come off so easy. It will come off so effortlessly because the dirty dishes have been hanging out with the hot water and the suds. And now because you did that, you don't have to try to scrub it out, to work it out, to rub it out. Understand when you are literally hanging out and you are developing your relationship with Jesus Christ over an extended period of time, that that dirt in your life, whatever it is, it will slide right off of you all because of the relationship. That's why relationship with Jesus will clean things up, no matter how dirty it has been in our lives in the past. And that hanging out with him, abiding with Jesus for an extended period of time so that the dirt, it will just slide right off of your life. The insults slide right off of your life. People talking about you slide right off of your life. When they try to set up traps, it gets slide right off of your life because of your relationship with him. My God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 3, the third chapter, verse number 17 through 18. 2 Corinthians, the third chapter, verse number 17 through 18. It reads, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there's freedom. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being, watch this, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. My gosh. What Paul, <clears throat> what the apostle Paul is simply talking about in this scripture is being changed or being transformed. He says the way you get changed, the way you get transformed is by the spirit of God using a mirror on you. The word of God says, beholding as in a mirror with unveiled face. Now, I believe all of us at one time or another, we've been to a wedding and we've seen a bride come down and she has this veil on. Whenever the bride has this veil on, what that means is that the bride's face is camouflaged, which means that you cannot fully see her looks until the veil is lifted. So what God is saying in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, he's saying that if you want me to change you, if you want me to transform you, then you have to take off the veil. You have to take off the mask that you currently wear. But you must come to me with unveiled face. Now, that alone, it's amazing how the Spirit of the Lord has it, that corporate prayer is now going to be moved towards the end because God, I believe on this morning, he's saying, when you come to me this morning in corporate prayer, if you want me to transform you, it's time for you to take off the veil. It's time for us to take off the mail, the mask, that we must come to him with unveiled faces because that alone will change your prayer life because a lot of people are just too sedative in their prayers with God. It's because we tell God all the good stuff we think he want to hear, but what God is saying is when you're in prayer with me, take off the veil because I know the mess you're dealing with. You see, God knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the things that you are watching that your eyes and your ears should not be receiving. He knows the places where you are going, where your footsteps should not be ordered. He knows the people that you're hanging out with. So God is saying, come to me and take off the veil. Cut the junk so I can see the real you. Because the truth of the matter is God already sees us. But what he wants us is to let him know what he's already seen. So my brothers and sisters, if we're going to walk in this true transformation, take off the veil. 
No more fake Christianity. No more fake spirituality. Take off the veil and come clean with God. As I prepare to render a closing point, Apostle Paul, he says that the way I want you to do this, I want you to do this in front of the mirror. Understand this morning, my brothers and sisters, you cannot see your own face without a mirror. So he says that you, I, all of us, we have to look at the mirror. Now, in this context, the mirror is the word of God. I want you to understand in this context, the mirror is the word of God. Now, I want you to turn to James 1. 19 through 25, very quickly. James 1, 19 through 25, the word of God reads, this you know, my beloved brothers, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receiving the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Verse 22, but prove yourselves doers of the words and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man, watch this, who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. Verse 25, but one who looks intently at the perfect law the law of liberty, and here we go with this word again, abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. Now, that was quite a bit to read and take in, but I'm going to break this down, and then we're going to move forward and begin to take on again the rest of the call. Now, the word of God says that I want you to stare intently at the mirror. Now, what I want you to understand theologically is in biblical days, people back then didn't have glass mirrors, but what they had was brass mirrors. And understand that because they didn't have glass mirrors, that you couldn't really get a clear picture of yourself at first. So what this means is that you had to move the brass mirror around in order to get a good reflection to see what you look like or a good reflection of what you're looking at. That's why James instructs us to look intently into the mirror. And the mirror, he says, is the word of God. So understand that when you look inside the mirror, which is the word of God, but then he says that when you look in the mirror, don't be like a man. You see, the Greek word that's used in verse 23 for man is male. So the Bible is very intentional in saying, don't look in the mirror like a man. So don't be like a male who looks in the mirror and quickly turns away. Well, back in the day, they just look in the mirror and quickly turn away. But in today's time, you got more men who spend more time in mirrors than women. But that's a whole other subject. You see, the Greek word is saying, don't be like a man who looks in the mirror and quickly turns away. Now, the reason why he says that is because when it comes to women, Women don't look in the mirror and quickly turn away. No. You see, women live in the mirror. They just don't look in the mirror. They live in the mirror. In fact, I submit to you on this morning that a lot of women have a whole bunch of mirrors around them. You don't believe me? Watch this. Mirror number one. It's when you look in the mirror in the bathroom, when you wake up and you look at the crud in your eyes, you make sure there ain't nothing around your mouth, and you try to figure out what you're going to do with yourself that day. That's mirror number one in the bathroom. Mirror number two for the women is called the vanity mirror. The vanity mirror is where you make sure your makeup is on correctly and your hair is right and tight and all of that. 
So that's mirror number two, the Vatican mirror. Mirror number three is the full body mirror. That's where you're looking and twisting and turning and make sure the clothes, the suit, the dress is falling the right way that you need to have the full body mirror. Then mirror number four is in the car when you open up the visor mirror because you want to make sure before you go into your destination that what you saw earlier that is still being maintained then it comes to mirror number five mirror number five for many of you is the mirror that's in your purse right now that women have a whole bunch of mirrors around them that's why the word of god says don't be like a man who looks in the mirror and turn away. No. God says, you need to stare at that thing. You need to work with that thing. You need to look in the mirror of the bathroom, of the back, look in the vanity mirror, look in the full body mirror, look in the visor mirror, even carry mirror with you. God says you need to stare at that thing, work with the thing. You see, if by chance, by chance you even forget today's message, then realize you didn't look in the mirror on this morning because the mirror is the word of God. You should be staring at this word, working with this word, listening to this word, listening to all the transformation messages because when you do, you are looking in the mirror, staring intently because that's what you're supposed to do with the truth that's being shared on this platform. So what God is saying, go back to the Bible and rehearse it. Go back to the words that you heard this month regarding transformation. Let it absorb and sink into you. Think about it. As a matter of fact, even get a Bible study going offline. Get a recording on it. Go to the Declare Victory website and listen to it again. Look at it. Stab at it. Work with it. Work with it. Work with it until... That word, that mirror shows you your face so that you will begin to not only see you in it, but you will see the image of Jesus Christ living inside of you. Because that's when you're taking the mirror, staring at the mirror, till you begin to see you in it and the Christ in you. So Jesus says, I will begin to work grace in your life. And that grace will begin to twist and turn. It'll begin to bring things into reality because it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, that once you look at the mirror, once you stare in the mirror, once you work with the mirror, that the spirit of God will thus kick in and will thus transform you from glory to glory, which means God is ready to transform you from level to level, all because you're growing in grace while being transformed. Let us bow our heads. Father, I thank you right now for your word that it's true. God, I thank your word it stretches us. It challenges us, Lord God. It causes us to look and stare intently into the mirror at the, the, the things, Lord God, that we may not want to see or the things we need to see. But God, I thank you that Jesus, the dispensary of grace, that as long as we continue to build this relationship, that whatever is not like you will slide off of our lives. God, I thank you right now that as your word of God says, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we will be doers thereof. And God will be so careful to give your name all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And see your darling, matchless son, Jesus' name we pray. Let every heart say amen. Amen, my brothers and sisters. At this time, we do have a few minutes remaining. If anyone did not have an opportunity to say good morning, meet and greet, this is the time that you may do so now. Is there anyone that wants to say good morning or you may even have a comment or feedback on the word as you look into the mirror, work with the mirror, stare in the mirror on this morning?
Good morning. Good morning. It's Diane. Declaration. Amen. God bless you, my sister. Good morning. Good morning, Mrs. Diane. Good morning, Diane. I know you've been trying to get in there. Good morning, my sister. That's what great declaration. God bless you. Don't give up. Don't give up at the first try. I know that's right. Keep staring at that mirror. (laughs) Good morning, Mrs. Sister Stephanie. I took notes. Great declaration. God bless you, Sister Stephanie. We thank God for you as well. Amen. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you so much, my sister. Good morning, Miss B. Awesome declaration. Thank you so much. It was God just what I needed this morning. Thank you. Ooh, same here, my sister. I'm just staring in this mirror. <laughs> Anyone else? Good morning. Great declaration. This is Monica. Good morning. God bless you, my sister. Always good to hear from you as well. <coughs> Anyone Good morning. Else? Good morning. Yes, good morning. It's persistent. I so needed this word this morning. This was right on time. Thank you for grace is a person and the understanding mm. of grace. Thank Amen. you. Thank you so much, persistent. We thank God for you. Thank God for that encouraging word as well. Hey, good morning, Pastor Daryl. That was so much fire. You didn't burn my lashes off, so let me get in this mirror real quick. Just please. Wow. Wow. And that mirror ministry, that ain't no joke joke. I love you, sir. Thank you. I love you too, sis. It, it really ain't. It, it challenges me every day. Amen. Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Daryl. It's Rochelle. Great, great, great share. And I want to tell um, Lady Belcher, thank you for just teaching you and you watching and observing. See, she's teaching with that quiet answer. So to God be the glory for you for watching and understanding how important it is for for that mirror. Amen. Amen. I think I watch her more in the mirror than me. But Lord have mercy. I got to watch me in the mirror. Thank you so much. Good morning. This is Prosperous Pam. I missed the declaration. I have to hear, but I'm coming in. I'm loving hearing about the mirror. It's so, so, so necessary. God bless everyone today. God bless you, Prosperous Pam. Thank you for joining as well. Good morning, Declare Victory. God bless you all this morning. Thank you for all those nuggets, uh, Pastor, and that hot water, man. I'm soaking, man. My soul is getting <laughs> cleansed. The, the water is extra hot on Jeff. Yes, um, you, that is a powerful, powerful illumination, sir. Thank you very much for sharing that. Let's just continue to abide. 
soak in that thing, stay in it, and watch it just slide. Right, there. it's gonna be even without effort. Slide off. Mm. Amen. Anyone else? Amen. Then I want to ask this because I do have to prepare for another call. But we're going to turn over to Sister Rochelle, and I talked about the importance of making sure that we take the veil off. No more fake Christianity. No more fake spirituality. It's time to come clean with God, not telling God what we think he wants to hear. How about we come clean to God and we begin to tell him again the areas again that we're dealing with and that he already knows. So on this morning, I'm going to turn it over to you, Sister Rochelle. I, too, will join in again after my last call to make sure that I, too, am going into prayer and taking my veil off because there's some areas that I truly know that God needs to work on inside of me as well. So I love you all. I thank God for you all. My sister, again, I thank you so much, Dion. I love you so much. Thank you for the platform. At this time, we're going to turn it over to Sister Rochelle to declare victory. I love you, and I look forward to worshiping with you soon. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Um, Pastor Darrell really, really, really taught. He poured. He spoke this morning. So I pray that we take that word and we get ready to uh, go to the throne of grace with that word, that we apply it and, and it saturates us. And by all means, allow it to abide in us. Um, and I just feel if you want to get in that mirror right now, and do your corporate prayer, do that so you'll be able to see. And God will open up your eyes and reveal some things to you as you stare in the in the mirror. Um, so as we go into corporate prayer, go ahead and take your phones off, off mute and go to the throne of grace and thank him for his grace, his unmerited favor. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for this favor, favor, favor favorable Friday, oh God. We thank you for the opportunity. Oh, God, join me in, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah for your word. Hallelujah.
and never from God's presence. We take it with us, oh God, and we thank you for going before us in all that we do. Thank you for ordering our footsteps, oh God. Thank you for giving us an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Lord, it's so important that we be able to listen, oh God. So Lord, I thank you and I bless your holy name. As we go from here, bless one another, grace upon grace, grace that abides in us, grace. Have a good day, everyone. Have a blessed day. Love you Have a blessed day. Blessing. Have a great day. Have a great weekend, everyone. Love you. I love you. I love you. My, my, my.